Many of us have those stubborn pounds that seem impossible to lose, no matter how good we eat or how hard we work out. My solution is Plush Care. Plush Care is a leading telehealth provider with doctors who are there for you day and night to partner with you in your weight loss journey. They can prescribe FDA-approved weight loss medications like Wagovi and Zepbound for those who qualify. Plus, they accept most insurance plans. To get started, visit plushcare.com slash weight loss. That's plushcare.com slash weight loss. Even on a budget, quality is non-negotiable. That's why Quince is the place to score high-end essentials at 50 to 80% less than similar brands. Get your hands on buttery soft cashmere sweaters from just 60 bucks, Italian leather jackets, and so much more. And the best part about Quince, they exclusively partner with factories committed to safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. Elevate your style without the elevated price tag with Quince. Go to quince.com slash upgrade for free shipping and 365-day returns. Hello. Merry Christmas. Oh, happy Christmas. Ho, ho, ho. That as well. <laughs> Come on, join in. <laughs> I'm joining in. Okay. Ho, ho, ho. There we go. It occurred to me that actually uh, this episode is published on the 23rd of December, which is Festivus. Hmm. What's Festivus? So, Festivus is a made-up holiday, aren't they all at some point or other? But it's a made-up holiday from the sitcom Seinfeld. One of the writers, I think, told Jerry Seinfeld and Larry David about something weird that used to happen in his family, and they made it into an episode um, in which George Costanza's dad has always refused to acknowledge Christmas, so he celebrates Festivus for the rest of us. (laughs) And, um, you know, customary practices involved the Festivus pole, which is an aluminium pole uh, with a very high strength-to-weight ratio that goes up in the house. Um, the airing of grievances, where you you know, you know all sit around and say what problems you've got with each other uh, over the uh, past year. And then um, feast, feats of strength, where you wrestle family members. Oh, my goodness. The Festivus sounds amazing. Yeah, so a, a happy Festivus for the rest of us, yeah. first up. Um, that's good. So, like a lot of people, weird old Christmas this year. Um, and here's, here's an odd thing. I haven't celebrated Christmas with, at my mum and dad's house or with my mum and dad and my brother and sister for probably 20 years at this point. But, because I've always sort of done my own thing, but I'm I'm really really pining for it oh because you can't yeah we all want what we can't have yeah because it got to a point i would say in the 90s where i just thought no one's having fun here my dad despises christmas my mum sort of likes it but thinks it's for the children so as soon as we were grown-ups it it wasn't very interesting to her Hmm. um and my brother would always cover the christmas dinner in ketchup which used to drive me mad and it would lead to arguments right right 
I mean, it's not right putting ketchup on a Christmas dinner, is it? Of course it's not right. You don't, you don't need yeah, me to I even say it. that, do you? Of course it's not right. No. No, but just on, on the off chat, I just wanted mm. some affirmation. Um, I remember my but, hairdresser telling me that um, he, he cuts this policeman's hair and he says, you would not believe the number of cutlery-related injuries go on on Christmas Day. Like during dinner, people are stabbing each other with like knives and forks. Yeah. Wow. He said it was gobsmacking the amount that it happens. Wow. Mm. Well, whereas now, you know, whereas that would drive me mad, never quite to the point of stabbing someone with cutlery. <laughs> um, it, it, now I'd give anything to have a Christmas where my brother was slathering his food oh. that had been prepared all day with with tomato ketchup. Oh, It'd yeah. be an, a nice thing. Yeah. Do you feel the same way about your dad's little tradition of waking you up with? Is it Barbara Streisand? Jingle bells, jingle bells, jingle bells, jingle bells. Uh, yeah, he's got this. Is it Barbara Streisand? I never know whether it's her or the other one. What's Bette the other Midler. one? No, no, the other one. Um, you know, the other one. <laughs> Liza Minnelli. No, the other one. Papa Streisand. Anyway, it's Dolly Parton. No. I don't know who. I'm just thinking. I'm thinking female singers that I know your dad to have an interest in. What's the Welsh one? Oh, uh, Shirley Bassey. Yeah, yeah. I'm wondering if it's Shirley Bassey or Barbara Streisand. I think it's Barbara Streisand. <laughs> You're right first time. Sorry, after all that. Um, yeah, his tradition of waking us up with this. It, it's an insane version of Jingle Bells. I mean, Jingle Bells isn't a good song at the best of times, is it? <laughs> apart from the hey, I like going hey. But apart from the haze, it's it's not a great song. What about the laughing all the way? Ha, ha, ha. Laughing all the way. <laughs> no, that's irritating. But mm. it's this version where she gets very, very, very carried away. That's not an exaggeration. It goes like that. It sounds oppressive. Yeah, it's very oppressive. Um, and my dad puts it on, plays it very loudly. And if that's not enough to wake us up, he stretches the speakers from the record um, to the bedroom where me and my sisters are sleeping. And I think one year he bought like special extensions for the speakers <laughs> just to do it and blast it into the room. Uh, yeah, that's his little tradition. But yeah, he won't be able to here's, do that. Here's a funny thing. I think I have asked you about that tradition for at least 18 years. At mm. this time of year, I always ask you to tell me about your dad and his speakers and that record. And it got to a point <laughs> where you would sort of almost so reluctant to retell <laughs> that story that you had a mini breakdown. I don't know if there were tears. And yet we've come out the other side of it. Isn't isn't that a beautiful thing? Yeah, I sort of felt like people, maybe like people had heard it enough. But but yeah, I'm over, I'm over that now. I'm ready to tell it again. <laughs> it's a Christmas tradition, me asking about it in itself. <laughs> we, yeah, it's we true. We just had to do the hard work mm-hmm. of establishing it as a tradition, which I, I don't think you enjoyed very much. Mm-hmm. Um, I also feel bad because I, you know, I'm, I, I, I forgot to get Rudy a birthday present this year. No, no, you so didn't forget I to thought, give him a present. You forgot his birthday. <laughs> well, so yeah, I forgot his birthday, um, which by implication, I forgot the present. Don't Annabelle feel Honestly, I, I still care. feel I so less. bad. I, I still know, but I feel terrible I wouldn't even mind it. if you forgot my birthday, really. Yeah, I you wouldn't. Would. Yeah, you I just would. think I was busy. <laughs> um, so I made sure to get him a nice Christmas present and I can't get it to you. He's, he's going to get it after Christmas I know. now. Maybe I'm thinking that if I could do some kind of like drive-by, but after Christmas, yeah. It's a shame. What, what Where I, I would just leave it in the street and then step back 20 yeah, minutes. Yeah, that's what I was thinking. Yeah. Okay, okay, we could do that. Mm. Um, 
I've got you a little something as well. Oh, have you? I didn't get you anything. I just got Jean something. Oh, no, now yeah, I've got to go and get you something now. <laughs> well, you can't go everywhere anywhere. Everything's shut, isn't it? Sainsbury's. You can only get essential produce. <laughs> you have to get you some carrots. And everyone's so worried about the borders being closed. Probably by the time you get to Sainsbury's, everything will have been panic bought That's anyway. That's true. No, I'm worried now. Um, so I've, I've got you something this year that I'm really quite pleased with oh really i'm excited yeah 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 oh. I'm, I'm, I'm excited i'm excited this is it's it's a good one are you saying that you don't I want think... to give it to me in a drive-by then you want to be able to see my face when i open it mm. yeah i mean I'm, i've got half a mind to just reveal it now because no, then i won't be able to have it it'll be agony what do you mean? No, you will. Remember, I can't remember what it was you got me the other year, but it was an email that I could open on Christmas Day. Oh, uh, yeah, yeah. It's got a bit of that to it. Oh, okay. So how would you feel about me sending it to you now? Okay, yeah, let's do it. I'm excited. Okay. okay. So here goes. So I'm going to my email. Um, mail. Oh, it's from my mouse. Hang on, Annabelle. You're still there? Yeah, I'm just sending it to you now. Okay, okay. I'll press okay, refresh so a few it, times impatiently. Sh- refresh. Yeah. Oh, I've got it. Oh, it's a... Oh, my God, it's a video. Mm-hmm. Which m- m- already makes me feel that I might know, like, what kind of present it might be. <laughs> oh, I'm so excited. <gasps> okay, open it up. Can I play it now? Yeah. Okay. Oh my goodness, I feel I actually feel sick with excitement. I'm playing it. Oh my god, it's Frenchie. What's she saying? I can't hear her. Oh, oh, take your headphones off. Well, I can edit this. I can edit this. I can edit this. You gotta listen to it. So I've just had to do a little edit. I couldn't play that on the podcast, but here we are, seconds after Annabelle's watched the video. Your reaction, please. I'm really, really gobsmacked. So do you want to tell the listeners what it was? It's Frenchie from Greece. (laughs) (laughs) And the best bit about it was that she kept referencing all my things I really hate about Greece. And saying that they're my favourite bits. I know you love Blanche and the song Beauty School Dropout and that bit at the end when the car flies away. <laughs> the bits I don't like about this amazing film. She must think I've got bad taste in bits of grease. And she sang to me, a wab babaloo a bamboo. And she sang, I wish you Merry Christmas. And she's really sweet. She's so nice, isn't she? Of course she's nice, but she's adorable. Yeah, I can't so, believe uh, I recognised her. Like she doesn't really. I mean, you know, Greece was how long ago? Four, six, forty odd years, years ago. Yeah. yeah, nearly. Yeah, I yeah. recognised her almost, almost instantly, though. Well, wow. this is this is this app we were talking about, Cameo, where you can get famous people to record you messages. And I just thought, there's Annabelle's Christmas present. It's Frenchie from Greece. I'm so pleased that you liked it. I loved it. I should treasure it forever. John Travolta oh, is, isn't on cameo then, is he? Or... <laughs> S- sadly not. Sadly not. <laughs> well, I'm very curious to see what you're going to find in Sainsbury's that can better.
Well, there we go. I think you're going to be on a high for the rest of the podcast after that. I am. I'm buzzing. I should explain the reason I didn't play it on the podcast is I'm not sure what the ethics are. I don't know if there's some kind of contractual thing where you can get famous people to do you these messages, but you can't broad- rebroadcast them on podcasts or whatever. So I'm just erring on the side of caution yeah. because I wouldn't want to be yeah. slapped with a lawsuit from DD Con. No, who would? I wouldn't want her to get litigious with us. No. Um, right. Let's uh, let's um, hear some stories from drifters for the final time this year. Okay. First one is from Andy, which I believe is his fifth contribution to the podcast. Something of a landmark for him. And Congratulations, says, Andy. One of the byproduct. <laughs> one of the byproducts of being a drifter is that it can lead to acts of monumental stupidity, as embarrassment suspends all positive brain activity. The following tale contains one such instance that you will probably struggle to believe is true, but sadly, very sadly, is. See if you can spot it. In my youth, I spent rather a long time on the dole. This meant that my weekly big shop at the supermarket was more of a pathetically weedy shop, which required me to watch every single penny carefully. I always tried to spend no more than £10, which even in the early 90s was a pitiful amount. I still remember some of my regulars, Dale Pack Chicken Burgers, £1, Smart Price Fish Fingers, 80p, Smart Price Custard Creams from my weekly treat, 25p, I had to add it all up in my head as I went and was always annoyed with myself if it went over a tenner by a few pence, which it invariably did. Anyway, nothing was wasted. Everything in my trolley was always essential to get me through the next seven days. This one time I joined the queue for one of the checkouts. While I waited, I pulled from my pocket all the money I had on me. How had that happened? I only had a tenner. Absolutely no change. This could be heading for a problem. I shifted nervously from foot to foot as the last person in front of me bagged up their shopping, praying that I'd added everything up right. Now it was my turn. With every item that went through the till, my anxiety rose a little. Please let it be below £10. If ever there was a week when I needed it to be under, this was it. Finally, the till's display lit up with the news I was dreading. £10.66. Great. How could I admit that I didn't have enough for a £10.65 shop? And if I asked to put an item back, which item would I leave behind? I was already down to the bare essentials here. The checkout lady stared at me, impatiently waiting for me to pay. I could feel my heart in my chest and my brain begin to fog. There were people behind me in the queue, no doubt giving daggers to this dithering idiot who seemed to have forgotten how to conduct a basic retail transaction. Um, I said with stunning eloquence. I was dying inside, but there was no other option. I would have to leave my shopping here, go to the cash machine round the corner and draw out £10. I would have to be disciplined and not spend the rest for a while, but I could then return, pay for my meagre rations and depart again at lightning speed. When I explained what I was going to do, the checkout woman gave me a look of pity mixed with exasperation, but I didn't hang about to find out which expression was about to win out. I shot off, desperate to get out of the supermarket as quickly as possible. I pushed, I pushed my trolley away like a getaway driver, shoved it into the row of trolleys that was mercifully nearby in the corner of the store, grabbed my pound coin from the slot and burst through the swing doors out into the street. I sped off to the ATM, cursing myself all the while for the way my life had gone. I bet George Orwell ate better than me when he was living the life of a vagrant <laughs> in Down and Out in London and Paris, but he probably never embarrassed himself in the supermarket. But I at least now had another 10 quid to my name and I feel better still after I'd paid for and retrieved my shopping before scarpering once again. I would just have to put it down to experience. Forget about it. It was done now. 
It was only when I was eating my sad meal of fish fingers and pasta that evening that the whole sorry episode had ran through my head again. The rolling of the checkout woman's eyes, the real or possibly imagined tutting of the other shoppers as I hesitated, rushing off with my empty trolley, trolley grabbing the pound coin. Hang on a minute. Oh, I could have just used that to... <laughs> Oh, we were all ahead of you. I'm so sorry to say it. Sorry to yeah, rub salt in the wound yeah. here. Q, much swearing and further, further mental self-flagellation. How could I be so incredibly dense? The area where they kept the trolleys was only a few metres away from the checkout. I could have just said, hang on a minute, back in a sec. But the undeniable fact is that I removed the pound coin on auto embarrassment mode and never thought for a second about what it might be used for. Oh, well, it's not like I'm still thinking about it 30 years later. (laughs) Oh, that's so good. That's so good. Thanks for that. And this is from Adam. I was listening to the podcast and I heard Jeff saying he's been tempted to press the emergency button on a bus. Well, here's a wee story that I witnessed a few years ago. It was a similar scenario to the incident involving Jeff. Busy rush hour traffic, everyone rushing to get to work. The bus I was on was held up due to a minor accident in the road up ahead. Now, it's been around for what seems like 10 minutes since we've stopped. One man gets up and asks the driver if he could open the door and let him out. But the driver is having absolutely none of it. He asks again. The driver ignores him. Then all of a sudden, the passenger clocks the emergency door open button. He looks at the button, looks at the driver The driver can see what he's thinking and shakes his head. This moment seems to last forever as both keep looking at the button and then looking back at each other. The passenger plucks up the courage and slams the button. The doors spring open. He runs out. He's free from his mobile prison. He's won. But no, wait, there's a twist in this public transport tale. The driver presses another button in his cab just as quickly as the passenger did. The door slam closed. The passenger's body is past the door, but his backpack that he is wearing over his both his shoulders <laughs> is jammed between the doors. There's gasps from other passengers. Lots of people on the street and other cars can see that the madness that was confined to the inside of the bus before. I think I'd laugh if my chin wasn't on the floor. Now, I can't see if his feet are touching the ground or not, but the way he's trying to free himself suggests not. He's wriggling from side to side, but not getting much purchase. The man eventually gets free from the door and then stands right in front of the driver's window and fires a torrent of abuse at him before heading off to work. The end? Nope. I don't know where he went. But a couple of minutes later, as the bus was still sitting in the traffic, he appears again just to continue shouting and swearing at the driver before heading off again. I've never seen him on the bus ever again. What a thing to have witnessed. That's so lucky I that know. You, you got to see that. I love that so much. So exciting. That with some regularity, Eugene asks me to tell him the story of the time that you fell down the gap. No, he likes that yes. story. What does he like about it? I think I just told him once we were on the London Underground and it said, mind the gap, please. And I said, oh, um, Annabelle fell down the gap. And something about it tickled him. Um, I have to say I'm a little sketchy on the details, so I have to improvise. But he he, he asks for it, not not every day or anything, but probably a couple of times a month. Really? Oh well, next time I see him, I'm gonna I'll I'll do a full retelling of it. Maybe yeah, with some kind of reenactment as well. well maybe not that. No. <laughs> okay. 
I'm not suggesting we go to a tube station. Oh, right, right. Maybe oh, using some furniture as... Yeah, yeah, yeah. Oh, yeah, 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 okay. yeah, yeah, yeah. I'll do that, yeah. Yes. Um, well, thank you. Thanks for those emails. And thank you to you for... Oh, thanks to everyone who, who emailed in this year. The stuff that we read out in the podcast has been of an incredibly high standard as ever. They really tickle me, these stories, so much. Um, and I just wanted to say as well, thank you at the risk of being sincere. I'm, I'm actually not looking at the webcam as I say this because, you know, Annabelle knows I don't do well with sort of sincerity um, and earnestness. But I just wanted to say thank you to everybody who's emailed in because I can't make eye contact with you, Annabelle, while I say this. Um, okay. You know what I'm like. I think you're just like thinking, oh, God, what's happened to him? This is what being <laughs> married to an American's done to him. He's gone all <laughs> earnest. But I, I just wanted to say thank you to everybody who has emailed in this year. Just sort of say hello or tell us that during this weird, weird year, the podcast has been something that's made things at least given a bit of distraction or made things a little bit better it's it's really lovely to read email like that and it is, um, yeah so so it nice is. yeah yeah and and uh, you know I, I was having a rough time of it as well in the autumn and so many people got in touch and just sent me kind words i just wanted to say thank you to everybody um i know it, this is a bit more earnest than you're accustomed to from us but it's christmas time and at Christmas, you tell the truth. <laughs> That's one of the signs he holds up in love, actually. Oh, is it? Because, because at Christmas, you tell the truth. No, you think, don't. What? You no, lie, you don't. if what anything, is that? that yeah. yeah. Yeah, you just squash stuff down to avoid bickering and mm. you know, raking up um, stuff from decades ago, usually, you know. Anyway. There's a um, lot of, but, um, of course I love it, and of course I haven't got it already. Yes, yeah, all that, yeah, very, very Which I didn't have to do with my DDCon video because no one else has got me a DDCon video. (laughs) (laughs) Uh, But anyway, thank you to you if you you sent us in an email this year. Uh, We really appreciate, really appreciate everything you send in. So thank you and continue to do so. Hello at adriftpodcast.com. Annabelle? Yes. Let's have another way in which you are not a fully functioning adult. So as we come to the end of 2020, I would say my most overriding emotion of the year is the same as most other years. Guilt and not leaving an online review for a business when I promised I would. (laughs) I think that the not leaving an online review for a business when you said you would guilt must be the worst thing about modern life. I think if Tim Berners-Lee had known about how much this would cloud every moment, he would have thought twice about inventing the internet, surely. (laughs) About a month ago, I had a plumber over as a radiator wasn't working. It was a really simple fix. So he said, just give me £20 and then leave me a good review on the website next door. The next door website, you know the one I mean, yeah. Right, yes, yeah. (laughs) Not the website next door, anyway. No, no. And I said, and I'm going to quote exactly what I said, which I can easily, as it rings in my ears about eight times a day. Yep, I'll definitely do that. I'll do it today. Did I do it that day? No. The next day? No. The next month? No. Why can't I just do it? I think, first of all, (laughs) there's the effort of actually doing it. And then it's the knowing what to write. And then there's the, I find it embarrassing, but I don't know why. Like, I feel really self-conscious. I think... 
maybe that I'm drawing attention to myself unnecessarily because nobody apart from the plumber has asked me for a review. So why am I suddenly trying to tell everybody? (laughs) The screen on my phone smashed earlier this year. I took it to a local shop. Uh, The guy there replaced the screen. And then at the end, he said, I'll put a protector on it for you for free as well. One of those thin protective films. And then he said the worst words ever. And would you mind leaving a review for me here? And he handed me a card with all the details. I'd rather like have not had the film and have my screen smash again the next day <laughs> than have to leave a review. Did I do it? No. And now every time I walk past that shop, I feel guilty. I had some waxing done four years ago at a local salon. She asked me to leave an online review. I never did. And honestly, I think about it and feel bad about it about once a fortnight. A friend wrote a book and asked me to leave an Amazon review after I said I enjoyed it. Still haven't done it two years later, even though I know how much they re- those reviews help an author. And I benefit from others being kind enough to leave reviews, like on our podcast and for my book as well. But yet I still struggle to do it. I had a guy around to do some damp work last year. He was there for a few days. At the end, he asked if I'd be happy to leave a review. And I did my usual. Absolutely. Yep. No problem. And he said, great got a card out and made me write one there and then. This guy, this wow. guy had the measure of me. And it, <laughs> it was a card from one of these rater trader type websites. You fill it in and then yeah. they call you to verify it. So I had to write it in front of him. So of course, I'm only going to write amazing stuff because I want him to like me. And I think I even asked him like what he wanted me to write and then just got him to dictate it. But then when the website called, I missed the call and then never got around to ringing the back. So <laughs> it didn't work that well after all, really. But honestly, if anybody wants to make money in 2021, set up a digital course on how to leave reviews when you promised you would. Just don't ask me for a review of your course at the end. Not going to do it. (laughs) Hey, it's Ryan Reynolds, and I'm here with Keith, co-star of my upcoming film, If Only in Theatres, May 17th. Do you want to tell people the big news? All right, I'll do. Sign up now and you'll get unlimited for $15 a month in six months of Paramount Plus Essential Plan on us. Mintmobile.com slash switch. Upfront payment of $45 equivalent to $15 per month. Unlimited over 40 gigabytes per month. Face lower speeds. Videos at 480p. Active Mint customers by 531.24 get six months of Paramount Plus Essential Plan. Auto renews after six months. Offer ends May 31st, 2024. Separate Paramount Plus registration required. Terms and conditions apply if rated PG. Are there any bits of the build up to Christmas that you've you've missed? Oh. Well, you know what I'm like. <laughs> I I don't like I don't like it when people get too carried away with stuff, starting it too early. So I tend to just kind of like get into the mood of it when I feel like getting into the mood of it. And I don't I don't think I've done anything so far massively different. Is it, is it, do you have an example for yourself? Well, like I said last week, you know, one of the terrible, terrible effects of COVID-19 is I don't get to go to the pictures to see It's a Wonderful Life mm. for the first time since 1993. So there was that. But I was thinking, um, don't get to go to a German Christmas market. No, I never did that. So, well, you know why that is? Because you have no reason to go to Manchester. Manchester in common with, I think, many British cities – has there is every bit of outdoor space in Manchester city centre in recent years has has been taken over by German Christmas markets. It was initially just the square Albert Square outside the town hall. Now they're everywhere 
all serving the same things and you know perhaps most importantly i think they sell booze which is why they're so <laughs> popular not like there aren't pubs on every street corner <laughs> anyway but you know it's one of those things but yeah that's that's weird so that is because you spend all your time in london pretty much that's a cultural phenomenon that has passed you by oh. that every town has these german christmas markets they're quite something and and british christmas markets are huge in germany as well no they no <laughs> They are. They replicate the great British Christmas market uh, <laughs> uh, traditions of just like a fella selling Santa hats and five gas lighters yeah. for a pound. The <laughs> crappy little dancing Santa. Um, have you got any clue what Christmas number one might be? Oh, that's a great question. Um, in in recent years, isn't it always an NHS choir? And I'm sure this year it well, definitely will be. I mention that because uh, there is an NHS choir song and it's a collaboration with Justin Bieber. Is it? Yes. So what happened was a few years ago, they were in competition with him for the number one slot and then he told all his fans, look, buy their record instead. And then this year they've done a collaboration. So it's a bunch of people who work in the NHS and Justin Bieber. And I think there's some bit where he's not quite rapping but singing in that modern style. I think he perhaps mentions pimps. Oh, uh. yeah. There's there's some some slight strange um, two worlds colliding. Um, The reason I mention it. He's he's terrible. I know. What is he? He's he's only 12, isn't he? 12, yeah. Yeah. the reason I mentioned it is because I've been on Radio 5 Live this week and I interviewed somebody from the NHS choir. So I, I found myself, every time I mentioned Justin Bieber, I called him Mr. Bieber, Justin Bieber. <laughs> <laughs> which is something, which was just a tiny little in-joke from our old radio show mm. that you used to say. Mr. Bieber, Mr. I don't just, even know where it came from. Where did it come from? Mr. Bieber, Justin Bieber. I don't know, <laughs> I don't know memory be, of where that came from. What must people have thought who, with no context, who'd never heard you say it, thought, why is this guy just saying Mr. Bieber, Justin Bieber, over, repeatedly? <laughs> did, did it slip uh, out at all during your uh, Five Live interview? I hope not. Yeah, I said, I said it too. I said, you know, I said something like, so tell me about working with Mr. Bieber, Justin Bieber. You didn't. Yeah, I did. Yeah. Yeah, it was so strange. <laughs> I wish I'd heard that. I'd have loved it so yeah. much. I said it I said it a few times over the course That's of the, the programme, I think. Oh, yeah, brilliant. so there was that. Um, do you want to know what I'm so excited about? You know, Peter Jackson, the film director. Right, yeah. Um... Who, by the way, he's, there was a point at which he lost weight, I guess when he first became successful in Hollywood. And I remember seeing him accepting award and he just didn't seem like himself. And now he's, you know, a little more rotund again. And uh, I prefer it. Good. Just, yeah. Happy, happy to see a bit of insulation on Peter Jackson. Anyway, he gave Beatles fans a present yesterday it's the most wonderful thing he is working on a beatles documentary 
about the get back sessions at the beginning of 1969. It was when the Beatles decided we're going to go back. We've done Sergeant Peppers. We got very overblown in terms of what we're doing in the studio. Let's go back and make an album a simple way, playing as a live band, and then we'll do a concert and record it. And they decided they, they were going to film this for a TV special or you know, perhaps a documentary or whatever. So there was all this footage shot hours and hours of it in these film studios in Twickenham in southwest London and then in their um, headquarters in Savile Row in London and then then they broke up and the film came out after they broke up and if you ever see the film it is really I mean it's kind of hard to watch in that it's it's very slow but it's not a very joyous film. There's a tension between them. There are a couple of rows. I mean, not rows like we're used to seeing on reality TV where people are screaming at each other, but it's just, it's just not nice seeing them at that stage. And then in Beatles history, it's thought of as this really unhappy time. And Peter Jackson has been given all that footage, all those hours that they cut this documentary out of to go back over and make into a new film. And he has discovered that... A lot of the time, they were just having a laugh. They were having a blast. It was fun. They they were enjoying making music. They were making each other laugh. They were uh, just being silly. And I think next year when this documentary comes out, it's going to show that whole side of the the Beatles Get Back sessions. Mm -hmm. And as a Christmas present for Beatles fans, he's released a little montage of the because it was supposed to come out this year, but because of COVID it isn't. So he's released a little montage of what it'll be like. And it is just a joy. It's so nice. They look amazing. The, the, The kind of clarity of it, it doesn't feel like it's... 50 odd years ago it, it, it you know it feels like it could be now they feel so real you could touch them they they're dressed great it's such fun and i think the beatles are going to help the world heal again after coronavirus that's my oh. that's my prediction they've given so much and then they're going to come back with this film next year and they're going to help everybody feel better and and spread a bit of joy again like they did all those years great. ago and have done ever since so i'm very excited about that um now i thought i would finish um, because we've still got Quandary Corner to go, but I, th- I thought I, um, for my last little nugget in the podcast this year, I'll tell you about my most recent drifterish experience. Okay. Do you remember me telling you there was a lad at our school? He 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 came into the school later, aged about thirteen. He was from Pakistan. He, I guess, somewhat recently moved to the UK to Macclesfield, and at the point when he arrived, he didn't really. Um, speak very much English at all and he was put okay. into our school year and I think I've told you about him before because like if I just think about how bad our school was I remember that we would be doing our lessons it was the year you know the year we were doing our options for our GCSEs and he would just be given colouring in no that's awful yeah because they wouldn't they didn't know what to do with him and you know uh the school wasn't set up for it times weren't great then so this poor guy you know who he was one of these as well he was a very mature looking 13 year old um and he was just like given crayons and colouring in to do while the rest of us were learning about richard the third or whatever and i I always i always and I've got such fond memories of sitting next to him in history classes. And after I left school, he was working on the market in Macclesfield. I was working in a shop up the road. He was, um, I think, selling like ladies' liquors 
out of a van. Um, so I, I remember him quite fondly, but I've never seen him on Facebook or anywhere like that. Um, and then, lo and behold, I'm in a Facebook group for my old school, Riles Park High School in Macclesfield, which is uh, perhaps unsurprisingly, given what I've just told you now, no longer in existence. He joined <laughs> the group. And he did a post saying, I just wanted to say, does anybody remember me? Um, You know, I was at school during these years and I don't live in Macclesfield anymore, but I I wondered if anybody remembered me. And I was so excited to see him because I thought fondly of him. I often think about how poorly treated he was by the system in this Mm. way. So Mm. I messaged him and said, oh, hi, it's Jeff Lloyd here. We used to sit together. Um, It's so good to see you on here. He sent a message back saying, oh, I, I'm not sure I remember you. It was a long time oh, ago. no, my heart breaks. Didn't remember you. So then... Oh, no, did it get worse? I found a picture of myself, age 15. <laughs> right. Sent that and said, oh, maybe this will help you jog your memory because I oh, look a bit oh. different to what I did when I was 15. Yeah. And he, re- he replied... Oh, so many good memories from back in those good old school days. Oh, no, he still didn't remember you. Why can- no, but oh. I think I looked so needy. He, he oh. couldn't quite bring himself to write, oh, yeah, I remember you. He just he's gave worried me you might generics. start asking questions. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> oh, I mean, no. Isn't that- Do you not think that is one of the most needy things I've ever done? Yeah, it's Send quite needy because I think it, it would have been, it would have been better just to leave. <laughs> <laughs> but you were desperate you were desperate oh it's really sweet of him not to sort of outright go nope still not ringing any bells <laughs> yeah i know but i mean that oh. that's what's there between the lines isn't it it's so of course, painful yeah oh. i'm so forgettable there's a lot in that there's no but i was just thinking of all the times that's happened to me and it there's something quite painful about people just not remembering you but then you often remember people for the wrong reasons that's what i keep telling myself the awful people getting remembered not the kind of the ordinary nice ones so it's the it's the drifter's way yeah that's what you're telling me okay that makes me feel a bit better Let's have the last quandary corner at the Glap Clinic in Problematic of the Year. Okay. First one is from Rosie, who wants to know about soft play etiquette. I think we're both fairly well equipped to deal with this. Mm -hmm. You've been to soft play a few times, I imagine, and that's have I. Mm -hmm. Okay. She says, some parents hover, others ignore their children. What is correct? Especially in COVID times where soft play have one-way systems, am I supposed to make my two-year-old obey the rules? Oh, and are the other parents judging my massive junk food meal I have ordered? Considering it's the only meal this week I will be allowed to eat without said two-year-old begging for it. What are your thoughts on this? Oh, I feel so conflicted because on one hand, I, I would always view it as, oh, just get, because my son craves my attention constantly if he's with sarah he'll often go off and do his own thing or just play in a corner by himself but when he's with me he he just wants me to engage all the time mm. um and i would sometimes see soft play as just a way of 
encouraging him to go off and do his own thing in the world and I will just sit here at a table and have a cup of tea but I'm very close at hand and come back and tell me about your adventures and then I'd see other parents crawling in there and getting all up in it and having fun and then I'd feel guilty and then I would go and do it myself so I think I mean this is a quandary I could do with answering for myself because I, I never really quite sussed it out what do you think? Okay, well, my thoughts are that it entirely depends on your child, and I'm I'm an accompanier. I'm I'm the one because I I sort of feel like maybe this reflects badly. No, no, it's a good thing. When I go to soft play, I quite want to like crawl around and get in the ball pit and then go down the slide and like I I actually find it quite fun. I like all that stuff. Really? Yeah. Don't you like it? I like climbing up all the soft stuff. I'm not, not okay. I'm, really. I'm lying when I say I like it. I love it. <laughs> I love it. Wow. I really wow. love it. I love I love going around a soft play. I love it. This is surprise, surprising. I find to it me. really I... fun. Yeah, I really well, I enjoy just... it. So I, I like accompanying by also... But you're tiny. I don't like squeezing myself through spaces meant for a three-year-old. <laughs> Maybe it's a size thing. I don't know. But I enjoy, mm. I enjoy going around. But I also accompany my child... I think because I, I go to, I used to, before COVID, used to go to a lot of playgroups and stuff. And I would always, I was a bit of an accompanier then, but that was mainly to stop him uh, hitting other children and throwing toys at them. Because <laughs> <laughs> he had to have a close eye on him. It's, I think he's grown out of it now. But um, he, he went through a stage of having to have a very close eye on him. And so mm. I would always be with him. So I don't judge, okay. Am I allowed to admit that I judge? I don't judge parents if they are if they're not with their child and their child is behaving. But if you're sitting back and you're on your phone and your child is hitting my child or doing something which I consider to be feral, um, I think you yeah I think you should. That doesn't really answer yeah. it, does it? I think I think it depends on the child. Well, I I definitely wouldn't judge you, and I really welcome the opportunity to have a cup of tea. But mm. as I say, my son is like my shadow, really, mm. and um, mm. he, he would just he's he's constantly trying to get me to engage anyway, and uh, and then I have to because I'm too soft. Yeah, so you need you need a break yeah. because that, yeah, it is a yeah. bit of a break, isn't it? I it, it yeah. depends on the child. Some children, I think, will need it some way. And with regards to the junk food meal, you go ahead, you eat oh, whatever yeah. you want yeah. if you've got a two yeah. year old. Yeah, you, you could eat. I don't know a pile of bandages, heroin. and I wouldn't judge you. <laughs> yeah, a pile of bandages with heroin on top, and I'd be like, if that's what she wants to do, that's what she's got to do. She's got a two-year-old. Okay, so that's fine. okay, okay. And so the final one of the year. final one, yeah, from Phil on the subject of receiving Christmas gifts, of which I believe Jeff is something of an etiquette expert. I am. What do you say if you receive if you've received a double? When you've been given something you've already got, especially when they preface the opening with something along the lines of, oh, I hope you don't already have it. But if you do, I've got the receipt. I don't want to upset them by telling them that, yes, I do have it, but I don't want two of something. If I could get something else then, what should one do? I'm going to leave this to you because you're the expert here. I mean, it happens to me all the time because people very sweetly buy me Beatles things that I've just already bought myself. So here's what I do every single time. They go, you've not already, so I'm opening it and they're, they're looking expectant. They go, oh, you've not already got it. You go, do you know what? No, I can't believe you got me this. I am so pleased. 
you would not believe the amount of times I've thought about getting it for myself. I th- I'm pretty sure it's even in my Amazon basket. I just haven't got round to um, paying for it. I am so grateful to you. Thank you so much. Um, I'm delighted. No, and and it's, it's, it's something that I actually wanted and nearly got for myself, so I'm so pleased. And then I take it straight to the charity shop. Oh, and if they if they said, "Oh, but I've got the receipt," so and you think, "Well, I could get something else," then you still you, no, you don't want to break their little no. heart. No, exactly. Oh, you exactly. all so if it's a double, you always pretend you don't have it. Yeah, that's the rule. Okay. I think that's very nice. That well, I think it's really nice. I think because if you give someone and you say to them. Say so I with an ex-boyfriend, I once bought him an item of clothing. And before I gave it to him, I said, look, I like I bought you some clothes. It might not be to exact taste. So I put the receipt in the bag with the clothes. So just just think, see it as a, a large gift voucher and you can buy whatever you want if you don't like it. So he opened it. He looked at it and he went, yeah, I, I don't like it. And I burst into tears. <laughs> oh, because I was like, really like, oh, God, I thought you were going to like it. I can't believe you didn't like it. Mm-hmm. Mm. Um, so I think it is quite yeah. heartbreaking when someone says they've already got it. Even if you say beforehand, oh, I'm sure you've already got this. If you have, you know, yeah, I think you're right. You just every single time to make them feel better, say, yeah, yeah. I love it. And yeah. I don't already have it. I just think that's your when somebody gives you a gift. It's it's your reaction is what you're giving in return mm. in, in a certain sense. Yes. And I think I've said before, I think 70 percent of gifts i've ever received I, I feel incredibly grateful that somebody has been thoughtful enough to buy me something and uh, you know awash with gratitude and love but i i could also if, if social conventions were different i could then just drop it into an open waste paper basket <laughs> right, it's right. Not, most gifts i've ever received in my life but i, I think it's really <laughs> kind and then you but I, I would never say that to somebody of course i'd just say i because no, no. it's the, the, you know i'm touched by the thoughtfulness but i don't i don't want this ob- object cluttering up my house yeah and yeah. or i already own it yeah mm, okay um good all sorted yeah yeah but you know you're always in that sort of 25 or 30 percent and about don't you well, I was waiting for you to say it, to be honest. So I'm glad you did. <laughs> <laughs> okay. Uh, and there we go. If you have a quandary for Quandary Corner, email us. Hello at adriftpodcast.com. And that was our podcast for this week and this year. We're going to take a couple of weeks off now um, so that we are refreshed and rejuvenated for the new year. Um, But thank you so much, as I was saying before, thank you so much for listening to us this year and and carrying on downloading the podcast. We really appreciate it. And... um, yeah, we we have a nice we have a nice time, don't we? Anna? We have we a nice time, time doing yeah. it. Yeah, we do. Uh, so so thank you to you. Thanks to Man and the Echo as ever for the backing music, and Emily Harrison for the incidental music, Carla Gowlett for the photos, Kim Rainey for the artwork, and I guess as we hurtle towards Christmas, 
Festivus is nearly over and Christmas <laughs> is nearly here. Annabelle, do you want to uh, do you want to just give us a little bit of Barbara Streisand's Jingle Bells to jingle see bells, us jingle out? Bells, jingle bells, jingle bells, jingle bells, jingle bells, jingle bells, jingle bells. <laughs> And the final podication of 2020 comes from Lee McDade, who says, Dear Jeff and Annabelle, I am a long-time listener, first-time emailer. Can you please wish my wife, Kelly McDade, a happy 40th birthday? Her birthday is on the 28th of December. So uh, she's in those in-between days. Yeah. It's a good song, isn't it? In-between days. Great song. Uh, we have been together... Since we were seventeen, oh. do we know how old they are now? They're like well, she's forty, or isn't she? Have we got to that? Bit? Oh, of course, yeah, 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 yeah. <laughs> okay, sorry, yeah. Um, uh, we first met at Bagshot First School in nineteen eighty-five. Oh this wow! Lovely? My mum and dad, I think, met when she was nine and he was eleven. Maybe not even quite that old. Really? Wow. They li- lived on the same street. Oh, that's very sweet. Yeah. yeah. Um, we were married in 2007. We now have two daughters, Molly and Phoebe, and a dog called Ringo. Yes, I am a massive Crisps fan. No, he's a massive <laughs> Beatles fan. Um, says, I wanted to highlight that Kelly has been a truly amazing wife and wonderful mum. I am the epitome of a drifter where she is the polar opposite. So I'm not joking when I say I wouldn't be where I am without her. We all love her to the moon and back. Um, thanks again. So says Lee. Well, that, um, that, that's a lovely email to round out the year, isn't it? A love spanning it's the decades. Nice. Yeah, it's beautiful. Yeah. Well, I hope your 40th birthday is, uh, is okay, Kelly. I, not quite sure whereabouts in the country you are, um, so I don't know how much you'll be affected by stuff. But um, it, it sounds like Lee, Lee and the girls will make sure you have a good birthday. And Ringo. Ringo will sort it out. And Ringo, of course. He's a good boy. Ringo's mm, such a good name for a dog. Ringo mm. was his name. Oh, um, Well, <laughs> happy, uh, uh, happy first, 40th birthday, Kelly... From Lee, Ringo, Molly and Phoebe. And if you'd like a publication, you can email us hello at adriftpodcast.com. Okay. Pressing stop. Even on a budget, quality is non-negotiable. That's why Quince is the place to score high-end essentials at 50 to 80% less than similar brands. Get your hands on buttery soft cashmere sweaters from just 60 bucks, Italian leather jackets, and so much more. And the best part about Quince? They exclusively partner with factories committed to safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. Elevate your style without the elevated price tag with Quince. Go to Quince.com upgrade for free shipping and 365-day returns. Hi, I'm Daniel, founder of Pretty Litter. Did you know cats tend to hide symptoms of sickness and pain? I learned this the hard way after losing my cat, Gingy. So I created Pretty Litter, a health-monitoring litter that helps detect early signs of illness by changing colors, saving you money and potentially your cat's life. Pretty Litter is veterinarian developed, and it's the easiest way to keep tabs on your fur baby's health right at home. 
Go to prettylitter.com and use code ACAST for 20% off your first order and a free cat toy. Terms and conditions apply. See site for details. Planning for your next trip? Elevate your travel style with Quince. Quince has all the jet-setting essentials you'll want for your next getaway, like European linen, premium luggage options, buttery soft Italian leather bags, and so much more. And it's all priced at 50% to 80% less than similar brands. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe and ethical manufacturing practices. Pack your bags with high-quality essentials you'll be wearing for vacations to come with Quince. Go to quince.com slash pack for free shipping and 365-day returns.